Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's turn to Jude. Jude, and if you don't know where that's at, it's right before Revelations. So Jude. And I'm going to read the first four verses for now. Jude, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We have here an epistle named Jude, and I believe the one that wrote this is the Apostle Thaddeus, I think is what his name's called. <clears throat> I didn't try to take the time to make sure that's who it is, but I believe that's who it is. But what matters here is whoever this is, he is the servant of Jesus Christ, this Jude. Sir. Jude is writing this to believers because it is to those called. There may be others that this epistle in time might benefit, but until you are called out, that is, until you are a believer, a saint, then you won't understand this. All those called or those who are saints are sanctified, past tense, yes, sir. by God. They are set apart by God and kept by. That is, they are guarded in Jesus Christ. To these, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. To those who do not believe in the God who elects and the God who in time calls out those who he elected and only those he elected, to those who do not believe this, may God in grace teach you different if you are one of his. And if you are not one of his, may he protect us from your unbelief. Jude says here in verse 3, he gave all diligence. He wanted them to know this as soon as possible for sure, but I think it is more saying he gave it to them in all seriousness. He was not at all kidding, nor did he take it to be a light thing. He was very serious about this, and it was something that he wanted them to think about carefully. It says preserved in Jesus Christ. And I read Robert Hawker on this, and I like to 
like how he pointed it, pointed it out. And this will not be word for word, but Joe's already mentioned this. But we are and were, if I can say it like that, preserved in Christ from the, before the foundation of the world. This preservation was not intended to keep us from falling. Adam fell from the beginning. We fall all the time. But this preservation in Christ is a preservation that secures us and keeps us from falling away. This is important as we read Jude here and see the warnings or admonitions to God's people against those who were ordained to these things and for contending for the faith. With this in mind, let's go through the following this morning. Common salvation, the faith, earnestly contending, and those of old ordained. Common salvation. This is talking about that salvation which is shared by all those Jude is writing to. It's not common to all men and women, but it is common and the same salvation to all those sanctified by God and preserved in Christ Jesus and called. Excuse me. It is that salvation that Jesus Christ wrought by himself for those who he would call out, those sanctified by God. It is that salvation where these were saved from the wrath of God, that wrath which we deserve, but because God willing to show his mercy, (coughs) he sent forth his Son into the world so that he might redeem them that were under the law. Salvation that man can reject is no real salvation at all. The salvation that Jesus Christ wrought was a salvation that is sure. And I mean to say it is sure. Because the salvation he worked out for his people is to the uttermost. Hebrews 7, 24 and 25 we read, But this man, that's talking about Jesus Christ, because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Uttermost there means entire. Jesus Christ wrought a salvation that was entire and complete. There's nothing left for us to accept or reject. We were not offended. God was offended and his wrath required death on account of sin. God accepted the sacrifice given by or done by his son. He does not ask us to accept it. He commands us to believe it. He does not ask us to accept Jesus Christ. He commands us to bow down to his son. Turn with me to Galatians 2. Galatians 2. And here we're going to kind of read verses 16 through 20. We're going to kind of read what we are kind of reading in Jude there. Galatians 2, 16 through 20. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. 
But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore, is therefore the... We ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This world goes on and on about faith. Their faith, as it, if, it, if it's something they work up or if it's something they possess of their own power, will, and might. Our faith, if it is truly faith which we come up with, is useless when it comes to the salvation of our souls. What the people of God are told here to contend for is a certain faith. A faith that God accounts to his people for righteousness. This is to them that believe. How do they believe? They believe by the work of God being given the faith of Jesus Christ. He enables them to believe Him. So we have next the faith. Faith, we are told in Scripture, as we just read, is the faith of Jesus Christ. He possesses it. He created it. He's the author of it. This is a faith that is intrinsic to God himself. We do not get faith. We are given faith by God himself. Joe's already mentioned it, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. All of it is a gift of God to his people, the grace, the salvation, the faith. Faith, first of all, is believing God. That gift which he gives enables those to believe him. Christ tells us in John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye, be ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Amen. Believing is something we must do, but this flesh is full, and I mean totally full of unbelief. Yes, this unbelief is not a neutral st state of not believing God. It is a state in which we engage in, and that is forcefully and purposely to not have this man reign over us. Without the work of God in us and to us, we will not believe. But the gift of faith given, that is the faith of Jesus Christ given to us, in whatever measure he is pleased to give it, allows us to believe the record God gave of his Son. So the faith we are to contend for is believing the record God gave of his son, for sure. But we also are exhorted to earnestly contend for the faith of the gospel. Yes. The gospel is full of the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is the central theme of the gospel. We are encouraged to hold forth this gospel, that gospel which has no input from man to accomplish anything, but rather God working out salvation by his son and what he did. But also God working in us all that is needed for us to come to know that salvation. Yes. So the faith this is talking about is the faith of Jesus Christ. 
that faith which is set forth in the gospel. It is something real given to us that enables us to believe God, and in doing so, bowing us down to his Son. This faith given us in the gospel by God, who by his Spirit directed those who wrote this book to write down what he said. It is a serious thing to not believe God. What do we read in in verse 5 of Jude? I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. God destroyed Pharaoh and all of his army in the Red Sea. But when the children of Israel get to the promised land and the scouts are sent in, there were ten of those men that came back with an evil report. A report that looked at man and his abilities. And when you do this, you always end up with failure. But there came back two with a good report. Those men who believed God and that he would win the battle for them just as he does for his people all over and over again. What does it say about those who did not believe? What do we read in Hebrews? Hebrews 3, if you would turn with me there. Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 17. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it, while it is called today, just as Jude is doing right here. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness, deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? What was their sin? Unbelief. As has been said here before, sin is not just neutrality towards God. And unbelief is not just neutrality against God. It is a positive, on-purpose sin against God. Unbelief is like those who say, and and like this flesh, which it says, I will not have this man reign over me. It also says there in Hebrews that we should exhort one another daily. That is, invite or call for all of God's people to believe the record God gave of His Son. To look to Him for salvation He has wrought by His own death on that tree for His people. We are told here in in Jude that we are earnestly to earnestly contend for the faith. So that leads me to earnestly contending. Now I want to point out, I didn't have this in here, but I wanted to point this out. This does not tell us to physically fight people for the faith. It does not tell us, not telling us that. But we are stand forth and to proclaim and stand on God's word for what it's saying. Earnestly here means committed to hold forth in all seriousness seriousness, the faith of Jesus Christ. 
This is not a game with God's people, and it is serious. 1 John 5, 10 and 11, we read, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. If you do not believe God, this says you make God a liar. This is a serious charge because we know God is truth itself. We know that there are those who do not believe God. There are those who do not bow down to God. In fact, this was me at one time. We are to guard against complacency because complacency will lead even God's people into trouble. If we do not heed the exhortations, then we might find ourselves letting in a little leaven. When it's done, it bringeth forth sin. And in so doing, we will have many sorrows. So it behooves us to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Once delivered in Christ in his cross, in his cross work. Once delivered in the gospel coming to them from the apostles. And once coming to them in life from God so that they then believe him. The faith given from God never changes. It always believes God, but this flesh will not believe him. So we must be committed to hold forth in all seriousness the faith of the gospel. Amen. Because of those who may be in our midst, it is a serious thing that we hold forth the faith of Jesus Christ and the faith of Jesus Christ alone. Nothing added. So that leads me to those of old ordained. Again, I want to point something out to begin with here because I don't, didn't have it in my notes. This does not tell us in this book to try to figure out who they are. You will, it will be manifest who they are. But these, they restrict the grace of God by teaching man-centered religion. In verse 4 we read of Jude, For there are certain men crept in unawares who, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord, Jesus Christ. They lust after the flesh. They might make things sound good because they're quite often very subtle in their doctrine. They work on men and women's emotions. But in their doctrine, they lift up man and deny Jesus Christ the Lord. These are men that have crept in unawares, it says. They are settled in. They, are, they look to be with God's people. And they are stealthy. They seem to be a part of the assembly. They might agree with things from time to time to keep you off their scent, so to speak. But they will ever so slightly spout off man-centered things such as the Galatians were hearing. Like, yes, you are saved by Jesus Christ, but you must be circumcised. You have to keep the law because Christ died for you. They'll say things like that. It also includes other things as well, like you must accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Anything that is added where they say man has to do anything for salvation is a lie. Amen. That's right. What did God tell Cain that we read about here in Jude? It's mentioned here in Jude, but in Genesis 4, verses 6 and 7, we read, And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? 
If thou doest well, shalt not thou, thou be, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain desired to be accepted of God. He knew he had to be accepted of God. His problem is he wanted God to accept him based on his works. Pride. Just like Cain, this flesh is full of pride and it will not bow down to God admitting we are nothing in his sight. There is no acceptance with God on your works. The acceptance is based on works. It just isn't our works. It is the work of his dear son dying for us and shedding blood in our stead as our substitute. What are we told, what are we told of them in verse 11 of Jude here? Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for re reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. They are out for themselves. They do not care what God says in his word. They do not care about the faith. They think they will somehow force God to accept them for who they are. But this will never happen. It is in Jesus Christ that we are preserved. They speak of the grace of God as something he has done to make it possible to save men and women and that men and women need to accept him for what he has done to make what he has done effectual. They make fun of God and his son making God likened to themselves. They put man in charge of his own salvation and in doing so, they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anything good about that? Absolutely not. But this is what you get when you begin to lift man up in some way. When you do that, you are denying Jesus Christ. You are saying to God that there is no need for him to do what he did. You deny and call God a liar by promoting man. There is nothing about man that is good before God. It does not matter how small the assembly is or how large the assembly is when it comes to this exhortation. We have to guard against those for sure, but we also have this flesh. And if you give the flesh just a little, it will take the whole plate, as Earl used to say. We are warned that there are those who have crept in unawares. I believe we have been witness to this here before in this place concerning those who are like this. These who were like this were ordained to this end. Their purpose for being amongst us is ordained of God. They were set forth for this purpose by God. And that is what it means when it says they were ordained. God is in absolute, total, sovereign control. Amen. We go about our uh, daily lives at times not thinking about what we are doing or what's going on around us. And this is dangerous. We need to always be watchful. We are exhorted to earnestly contend for the faith. We are not to look to ourselves for anything, for we know we are not preserved to never fall. We will fall, but it is not a good thing to fall. We are to look to him who is able to keep us from falling, but it's not just blind fate. God will force you to look to him. 
He might use those who creep in unaware. He may even cause us great sorrow if we are complacent and do not guard against such things. We are not to be okay with falling. That's what I'm trying to say. If we are, I'm afraid we're not earnestly contending for the faith. In fact, we might be crept in unawares. We are to uphold, earnestly contend for with all seriousness the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What do we read in verse 24 of Jude? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jesus Christ is the one who is able to keep us from falling. This will not be done by setting forth man as having anything to do with his own salvation. It will be done through holding forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that it is he that can keep us from falling. What does man have that God wants or God needs? Nothing. God's whole purpose for doing all things was to give himself honor and glory. I know some who are full of pride don't like this. They do not like a God who is out to give himself glory. I'm sure they think, and I'm, I say this because I know I thought this at one time, God is full of pride to want to give himself all the glory. He does not want anyone else to have this. And that's some of the thoughts that come to my flesh at one time. But when God intervenes with a fallen individual, teaching them of himself, they find out what it took for him to show grace and mercy to them. It took God coming down on being made a curse and sin in their stead. It took God forsaking himself. It took God, the eternal God, dying and being dead three days to accomplish what was needed to save a people for his name. When they see the love of God like this, they begin to see where the pride resides. The pride resides in us. Anyone, anywhere, at any time starts adding in something other than Christ alone is ordained to this condemnation condemnation and you need to earnestly contend for the faith of Jesus Christ alone. It is what he has done that has totally and completely saved us from the wrath of God. There is nothing for us to add. There is nothing that we can add and there is nothing that we will add. It is all because of him and the epistle ends where it should end and this is true when it comes to the God of scripture all of God's people are brought to see this and know this deep down in their soul. Knowing what they are in the flesh, but knowing what he has done, it moves us to do this. Jude 24 and 25 we read, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and now, and ever. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> dear Lord God, thank you for allowing us one, one more time, dear Lord, to gather to hear words of your Son, dear Lord. Apply these words to our hearts, dear Lord, because just me saying words is, is nothing, dear Lord. <clears throat> Remember those who 
might have ailments, dear Lord, and or things going on, dear Lord. Remember them. Hold us, keep us. We know we are preserved in you, dear Lord. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.